Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. How many of you have your Bibles? Can you wave it in the air? Because you do care whether it's a traditional Bible or uh, your smartphone Bible. We're continuing in the book of Ephesians. And so go to chapter five with me. And again, we're all trying to be the best version of ourselves, but how do we know who we truly are? For us to understand our identity, we need to know who God is and who we were made to be. Ephesians helps us discover our new and higher identity, which is in Christ. I want to read today. Uh, This is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, and it's chapter 5, and we're going to begin to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what C.S. Lewis says. It says, until you have given up yourself to the Holy Spirit, you will not have a real self. I want to say that again. He says, until we have given ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, we will not have a real self. Now, what's interesting, i got to warn you, Paul has an odd contrast as he starts uh, these verses. So go to chapter 5. We're going to begin with verse 18. But before you read it, I want, I need to warn you, he's going to start saying, do not be drunk with wine or intoxicated, but be filled. And we're going to get, why in the world would he begin to use such an odd illustration or comparison or contrast? And we're going to get to that. I want to say this, that to be filled with the Spirit means to be dominated by the presence of the Holy Spirit who reveals Jesus in us and most of all through us. Did you get that? And so let's begin to read right here, Ephesians chapter 5. Elbow your neighbor and say, you look really cute with a Bible in your hand. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's the number one accessory, men. It's better than Ugg boots or Birkenstocks. It is a Bible in the hand of a dude. Come on. So we're going to read verses 18 to 21. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Another word says dissipation. It says, instead, be filled with with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music, I like one version, melody, from your heart to the Lord, verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I want to begin to talk about becoming God intoxicated, or another way to say that living under the influence. And I want to say when Paul begins these words, do not be drunk or intoxicated with wine, it's not a message on to drink or not to drink. And it's about what is it to be, what will we want to be dominated by the spirit that controls the world? 
world or by the Holy Spirit that comes in and he changes us. Now, let's begin to think about this. Why would Paul use that such an analogy or contrast do not be intoxicated? Well, number one, Rome had a substance abuse challenge. And again, they from the morning till evening. And he's not just talking about being drunk with wine or intoxicated, but really being dominated by anything other than God. And so you must know this, even in Acts chapter 2, remember it says the Spirit of God moved like a wind and tongues of fire rested on them. They begin to speak in these new languages. And it was about nine in the morning. And the men of the region heard them speaking in this worshipful uh, language. And they said, these men are drunk. They are intoxicated. That was a part of the Roman culture. But what did Peter say? And he said, hey, we're not drunk as you suppose. But we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, you know, many times when it comes to drinking, uh, people say, well, how many glasses did you have? Did you have a shot of this or a shot of that? I don't think Paul, again, is speaking about just drinking alcohol. I think he's talking about anything that comes and molds us, dominates us, that it moves us out of a cul-de-sac of us mitigating our lives under the influence of the Holy Spirit or when our lives come out of control and we no longer can manage our choices in lives with the Holy Spirit. And I would say today what he's referring to, don't be intoxicated with wine, which is debauchery. He says this, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to say this. I don't think he's referring to how many glasses you had or how much alcohol you have drank. I think he's trying to say how much alcohol has you or how much does your ministry have you or your career have you or your finances have you or a broken dysfunctional relationship. What is managing you, dominating you, controlling you? Paul is saying clearly don't let that master you but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I want to begin to just think about that. Go back to verse 18, and we're going to ponder that. And he says this, don't, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? It says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the Greek, he begins this. It's a command, by the way. And there are commands in the Bible, but then sometimes there are options or statutes or laws. And if you want an option, go buy a Honda or a Tesla. When it comes to things in the Bible, There are commands, and it starts with a negative command. Don't be intoxicated with wine. And again, he's not talking just about alcohol. Anything that comes from the outside to the inside, and it begins to destroy us, control us, and we don't have power over it. Then he says a positive command, but be filled with the Spirit. So I want you to write this down. Maybe you can 
could chat it. Don't be intoxicated with wine. Just put don't be intoxicated with wine. And I want to begin to tell you this. He says this, don't be intoxicated with wine. Get this, get this next one, which is dissipation. I like that instead of debauchery. Although debauchery sounds like someone from Arkansas. You know, the way debauchery. You know, I don't know if that's Arkansas or England. I don't know. We're celebrating the Queen's Platinum anniversary after 70 years. And so dissipation literally means this, to be wasted, to be spent, to be burned out. I want to say those words again. What is debauchery or dissipation? It means to be wasted. Have you ever, I don't know, maybe before you knew Jesus, how many of you experimented with substance? Is there anyone out that, okay, thank you, Dennis. He, he sheepishly went like this, doesn't really want his wife, Lori, to know that he did. Because Lori's never done anything like that. And so I get it. I would raise my hand too. Now, I remember in high school when someone was taking a substance. Now, get this. What is a substance? It's something on the outside that we put on the inside. And it begins to give us a euphoric experience. So when we were in high school stoners we used to call them in our high school we had jocks who had the letterman's jacket cheerleaders who were really encouraging thank you becky uh, and we also had the stoners you know and their heads usually moved like this yeah and and so when they came to school early in the morning we would say they're wasted. Can I tell you, dissipation isn't just the effects of intoxication. It is. Intoxication is. He didn't say these are the ill results of uh, substance abuse. He's saying any type of abuse is dissipation, which is being wasted, burned out, did you get that? And where you cannot really uh, live your life exhausted. I'm looking at our world today, and I'm talking about godly people, believing people. It seems in the last three years, some people have made such choices trying to falsely medicate themselves to deal with pain or hurt or brokenness in their soul. And they're more exhausted now than they were before COVID, more spent than they were, more burnt out. Out. And you know what? I don't want to live my life wasted. And I'm not talking about substance. I'm talking about I don't want to be wasted by thinking about thoughts from the past, negative things that are trying to control. I want the Holy Spirit to come and fill me and saturate me and soak me where my mind, my life, my heart is not wasted. It's fulfilled. It's successful. It's fruitful. That is the opposite of being intoxicated. Now, I, I want you to know this. The first 
sin of the Bible. I want you to think, what was the first selfish act in Scripture? Remember in Genesis 1 and 2, God created the earth, and he blessed the earth. He blessed the animals. He blessed humanity. Then he blessed the seventh day, the Sabbath. And you should listen to that teaching on sabbatical. Now get this. The first sin, God gave only one command. You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And so the first sin of the Bible was substance abuse. They took something outside their body, they put it inside their body, and it gave them a euphoric feeling. Now, God had already told the man and the woman, the couple, you are made in my image. They were already God-like. But yet the enemy came and began to deceive them, saying that they needed something more to have a complete identity. And yet they took something within. It gave them a temporary euphoric feeling only to crash and burn. And you know what's something about when we do take anything in our lives, whether it's a job. I've seen people in the ministry do the same thing. They get too intoxicated with their lives, their career, their portfolio. And at first, and I've even seen this, sometimes when your life is successful, I can say with ministry, it's been amazing. But there are times for Becky and I where we have allowed, we almost got too euphoric on the ministry than we did the God who produced the ministry. Are you with me? And one thing about getting intoxicated on anything, the first time you take something from without and try to get that godlike feeling, you, you're going to get that buzz. Then the next time, you may need a little bit more to get a buzz. Then the next time, a little bit more. Can I say only being filled with the Holy Spirit leads us from glory to glory, satisfaction to satisfaction, wholeness to wholeness. I don't want to live burned out. Out, exhausted. Can I say when I'm tired, I'm not a good Christian? I'm going to say it to this side. They're too spiritual for me. When I'm hungry, tired, I get hangry, and the fruit of the Spirit is not going to flow naturally through me. And then what do I do when I get my focus off and I get that little bit of a buzz, maybe from church, maybe from life, maybe from a trip? Can I say when things begin to be wasted and exhausted, which you could tell if you're intoxicated with something, you always blame your challenges in your life on someone else. Remember, she took a bite. She gave her husband to take a bite. Then they hid. Then God came after them. Can I say, I don't care what you're going through. Hear me, the biggest lie of the devil with anyone who is suffering with anything that's controlling them. Please hear me today. My heart breaks for people that are believers that no longer can they mitigate their lies because their will in their mind, their body, even in their human heart, it, it, they need a breakthrough. And even in a 12-step program, it says, look to God. And without him, you cannot be free. Can I say right now, Paul's words, 
words shout to us, do not be intoxicated, which is waste, exhaustion, burn out. Why? Because you're going to begin to blame your life on other people. And what happened? God right now is coming after us. And we can't even be filled with the spirit if he doesn't come after us, meaning he's taking the initiative. And so God says, Adam, where are you? It's not that God needed the information. God never has an aha moment. Where's Adam? I don't know. God is not like when you've turned 50 and you put your readers on top of your head and you go, babe, where are my readers? Uh, on top of your head. God wasn't asking him, Adam, where are you? Because he needed the information. When God comes and begins to ask a question of you and I, he's trying to awaken us to our present reality. And if that present reality is causing us to be exhausted, burn out, and wasted, then we have been intoxicated or dominated or influenced by something from the outside that's coming on the inside. But God says the opposite, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we really believe that. So, God says, Adam, where are you? He says, I'm hiding. And that's a sign of being intoxicated on something else. We begin to hide. You know what they say, we're only as sick as their secrets. Can I say maybe this summer should be a summer where if you have an area in your life that you need help, why don't you go to a group? Why don't you go to a counselor? Why don't you talk to a friend? And why don't you begin to believe God to break such a dominating force off your life and receive the Holy Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting, he says, Adam, where are you? We're hiding. Uh, why are you hiding? We don't have any clothes on. Did you eat of the tree? And all of a sudden, and by the way, God never shames him. If you have a shaming voice in your head, that's not God. That's the voice of intoxication. Now, get this. God says, did you eat at the tree? Guess what Adam says? He got intoxicated on something he shouldn't have been taken. He said, it's the woman you gave me. <laughs> you will know. I don't care if you've been married a day, a year, or 37 years. When I start blaming my life on my wife, there is a problem. One day I was arguing with Becky she made me so upset. I said, you make me so upset. And the Spirit of God impressed this thought on my mind. You say, how did you know it was God? Because number one, it was convicting. Number two, my dumb brain wouldn't have come up with it. <laughs> he said, you're a little bit over six foot. She's five two. How can she being so little make you so angry? He said, son, you're angry because you're angry and you're being influenced by too many things on the outside instead of being filled with me on the inside. Come on. Now, will you just write it down? I want you to think about it. Put it in your journal. Journal. Do not be intoxicated or drunk with wine, which is dissipation. And dissipation is to be wasted, to be exhausted, to be burned out, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, let's begin to think about this. Have you ever seen someone who is influenced heavily with substance? I think they're scared to raise their hand. <laughs> 
I mean someone else, okay, not you, because no one in here would ever do that. We're the city church. Yeah, right. And so get this, the first thing that goes when someone is intoxicated, they don't have a clear sense of reality. Can you imagine being pulled over? And they said, have you been drinking, sir? I read a card, it was with a Catholic priest. He was pulled over by an officer. And the officer said, Father, have you been drinking? You open the card, the Catholic priest's response, he did it again. He turned water into wine. <laughs> Blame it on Jesus, come on. He did it again. My God, this is tequila though. What happened? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it makes me laugh. Now get this. You need to really, really get this. He say, the first thing that happens, get out, sir. Can you take a step? And their perception of reality is not there. I want to stop. Someone here, and I do this sometimes, when I'm hurt, or you say, Pastor Jude, how do you become intoxicated with something? Let's say it's something in the past and someone hurt my feelings or they didn't do or become what I thought. And I start having that mental conversation. First uh, lap around the cul-de-sac, second, and then all of a sudden, I'm only seeing one part of the narrative and I think that one part becomes the whole part. And you know that's not true because what's true about a part isn't always true about the whole. And all of a sudden, I allow false parts of a narrative to dominate my mind and my life and my feelings. And all of a sudden, I can't mitigate that relationship. That is not being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's being intoxicated. Another one, it causes our balance to be impaired. Can I say when we become so consumed with one area that's breaking us, exhausting us, we, we, it's hard to balance our life. Can I say in our nation today, my heart breaks for young couples that are married or getting married and both of them have jobs and maybe a part-time job and they're trying to have enough money to have a studio apartment here in Southern California and the rent is beyond high and all of a sudden there is a pressure to begin to conform and to begin to balance their lives. I want to say this, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Another way to say it, that we're going to be able to mitigate, manage our lives in a well-balanced way through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Another one is this. Really, now, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Like, for example, um, my wife, when she stammered, and she stammered 87% of the time, she had secondary movements, meaning if she was trying to say a word, she would maybe slap her knee, slap the table, and for a temporary bit, it would give her a release, and she would, ever, she would be able to say what she wanted to say. As a month would go by, she tried to do that secondary movement, like slap the table, slap her knee, and it didn't work anymore. The problem with being intoxicated, it does give a temporary 
temporary sense of happiness, fulfillment, relief, satisfaction, but it's only temporary. And it's going to be based on what's happening to you instead of what's happening in you and through you. And I'm saying, what made David run to a giant? You know what they said? He was an intoxicated man. He was intoxicated with God. When the nation was in fear over a giant who's causing them to buckle with his words, David, filled with the Spirit, ran towards the giant. I think our nation, our church, our state need people who are filled with the Holy Spirit that run to the problem, not away from the problem. We don't have to medicate. We have the Holy Spirit. We can face pressure with dignity in life and strength and power. Can you say amen? And, and so, and let me just say, we do nice, not just talking about wine. It's talking about anything in our lives that are now controlling us. We can't manage that. So it can be an unhealthy relationship. It can be a career that now owns you and you can't even think anymore. You put your family, your life, your health, your body on the line. It could be anything that's destroying you, dominating you. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Now, let's do this. I want to go to the command. Everyone say, do not be intoxicated. Now, say this. Say, but be filled. Say it again. But be filled. Okay, that conjunction's there to connect. Don't be intoxicated. Negative command, but be filled a positive command. Now, I want you to begin to think about this. When someone comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ... It's a one-time event, and that happened to me. It still moves me. I was 14 years old. Sign your children up for youth camp in kids' camp. It was at a youth camp. I, my parents were not religious or good Catholics or spiritual. They wanted to get rid of the twins for six weeks. So they sent us to an adventure camp in Colorado. We were from Louisiana. I think they thought they won't be able to send him home. It's too far away. But the last night of that camp, I accepted Jesus Christ. And my life would begin to change forever. It was a one-time decision. Now get this. When it says, but be filled, it's not a one-time decision. It is written. Please write this down. It is written in the present continuous tense. So the way it should be stated, continually being filled. Did you get that? To continually be filled, presently be filled, continually be filled, every moment be filled. And so I want to begin to talk about that word be filled. Okay. Number one, the word filled is actually means to be saturated, to be soaked. Uh, if you've ever been in uh, Louisiana, and been running, Becky and I, when we were in Louisiana at a cousin's wedding, we went running outside. It was so humid, my clothes were soaked. They were drenched. That's what that word to be filled is. Now, I want you to hear this. There are two types of filling with this Greek word. One is a static filling, meaning if you get a cup, all right? And you pour coffee. We did this this morning. I made Becky coffee and I poured myself a cup of coffee. That is a static filling 
and you fill it and the cup contains it. Another one, if you're packing or doing spring cleaning and you have a box and you begin to go through old clothes, old shoes, things that you want to give away, you take those objects and you fill the box with those objects. That's not the Greek word Paul is using. Remember, don't be intoxicated. Why? It is being wasted exhausted and burned out but be filled it means to be soaked to be saturated not just full but to overflowing now he's it's not a static term this happens every morning I make Becky coffee every morning it happens when I make her coffee I'm gonna say it again every it happened today (laughs) she comes I'm sitting in my chair and I'm, I watch it. I'm just when she walks in, she had these cute pajama shorts that I bought her for Christmas. And she has her shorts on. She's going, and she, she goes, and she's pouring the coffee. No, 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 pouring the coffee, pouring the coffee. And in my mind, I'm saying, you should stop right now. You should stop right now. And then she puts a little bit of half and half cream, and it's it's beyond to the top. And so, what does she do? And I hear, and I, okay, I need to be filled with the spirit. Slurping sounds are not appealing to me. And it's like, now, if I've been filled with the spirit, I think, you know, she's cute. She has those pajama shorts on. And today I was filled with the spirit, so I didn't say it. Now, If I'm more intoxicated with my prayer time, instead of realizing my prayer time is a way to be filled, and I'm making my prayer time something it should not be, then I'm going to react a little bit. And I'll say, Rebecca, for goodness sakes, don't pour so much. You know, but no, it's not that type of filling. Are you with me? It's not that type of filling. All right? Now, everyone say, be filled say be wasted now remember that's really what that greek word means remember the prodigal son he said dad give me my inheritance and he went to a faraway land and he spent or he wasted his inheritance his life on crazy wild unmanageable intoxication but yet today i have a sense someone who's watching you're coming to your senses and you're going to go back to the father and you're going to see that the father is not judging you but waiting for you to heal you restore you and fill you in jesus name now The Greek word be filled means to soak or saturate. But please get this. It's not a static filling like Becky's cup. It's not that. It would be a little bit closer to like a garden hose. And so when you get your garden hose and you turn it on, it's not static. Static means when you put a ball or a shoe or clothes or even water or coffee into a cup or the objects into a box, usually they're not going to be moving. But you see when it says be filled, it would be more like active water going through a hose and coming out at the other end of 
of the hose. However, the boys would do this to Becky. She would go, when they were little, she's watering the plants in the backyard. And she would be watering, 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 watering. It's more like that. That is not static. It's, it's free. It's flowing. Then Jude, John, or Jake would come and they would put a kink in the hose. And she goes, something's wrong. The world's coming in. The water's dying. And the boys would laugh, laugh. And then she'd look at it. Then they'd uh, open the hose. And then she'd get squirted. Then, you know, that's, it's real. That's one. But it's not really that. There's a better picture. Now, let me just say this. How many of you ever have run out of gas? Who runs out of gas more? You or your spouse? No, no. We're being filled. You can't. Now, in my car the other day, it says you have 20 miles till I'm empty. Gosh, I wish a neon light would come on Pastor Jude's forehead. One more day and you're riding on empty. But can I say I don't want to be an unwise virgin who only had enough, but never, I mean, barely had enough. I want to be a wise one. We had extra. It's overflowing. Now, it's not even like getting gas in your car. That's a static filling. Now, get this. It's more like this. It's like a sailboat. And you and I are, are like that vessel. And we're on this thing called world, earth, humanity. We get the privilege of living. And in the last few years, the ocean in the world that we live in has a mighty windstorm and the waves are fierce and terrible. However, we don't need to panic because all we need to do is put up the sails. Can I say right now, the Holy Spirit is the wind. The Bible says in Acts 2, like a hurricane, mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit filled the place. I believe even now the Holy Spirit is filling this place and filling our friends online who are what he is here. But can I tell you, what is it if he fills the place, but our sails are not up? And he says, be filled, continually filled. And so what is it if at one point in Jude's life, the sails were up and that vessel's going to the safe harbor of God that God destined for me. However, if there's a point in my journey, I get tired, I get hurt. I exchange being filled continually with being intoxicated with something on the out and I put that sail down, then I'm telling you I'm not going to have motion in my life. I believe America needs motion. They need a movement. Can we say the church of Jesus Christ in our nation needs a movement but to have a movement we have to have motion and to have motion we need to put the sails up and it's not our job to be the wind but it is our job in faith to lift up the sails that the Holy Spirit would become and fill the sails and we would begin to go past the wind, past the waves. And let me say another thing. Really, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, our sails are going to be up. In Ephesians chapter 4 says this, that they're, listen to this, they're carried away by every wind of doctrine. There is a wind 
a blowing all across this land. And it is winds that are contrary to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I do not need to put the sails of my body, my mind, my fallen nature up. They're always up trying to catch uh, every wind of wrong thinking. However, for me to come against that wind, I'm going to have to put up my sails and be filled with the Holy Spirit and God will direct us, saturate us, fill us and change us. Can you say amen? I'm going to invite the band to come up. This is, you say, well, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? What are the consequences of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Say this after me. Say, speak, speak. sing, sing. Submit. submit. Let's do it again. Speak, speak. sing, submit. Okay, ladies, you do it. Women are smart people. <laughs> Let's see if the guys could beat them today, men. <laughs> okay, okay. Did you notice right when I said, "Let's see if the men are <laughs> Then they forgot the other two. <laughs> That's a typical dude. Now, people ask, "What is a sign of being filled with the Spirit?" Some people say it's the gifts of the Spirit. Other people say it is the fruit of the Spirit. I say it is both. I would say the three things that changes, and you could just like we know when someone's wasted, broken. My heart breaks people in our society, even in church. Their lives have been broken, and they're simply trying to repair. And things some breaks are not a conventional fracture. Some of them, it's a multiple fracture in the human soul. And God wants to heal them. And he does that by filling them. You could always tell when someone is soaked with the Holy Spirit. The night my wife was healed of stuttering, she stood in line to be prayed for for over an hour. And they used this word. It was kind of a buzzword. Soak. More. You need more. Yeah, you need a soak. You need a soak. She's just standing there. She got tired of standing and soaking. So she just knelt down and sat on the floor. And in that position, God, the very Spirit of God, came outside of her. But get this. When it says be filled with the Holy Spirit... It happens on the inside. It's very opposite of being intoxicated. But it's not just in. He's not just in you. Get this next part. He flows through you. And when he flows through you, you will speak differently. You will sing differently. And you will submit differently. Will you read with me? Let's go back to Ephesians 5. We're going to begin to end this time. It says in verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. One version says, from the heart. Then it says this, sing and make music. I like uh, the old translation, sing and make melody. Can I say, we need a melody in our lives. There's such, the opposite of melody is just confliction of sound. 
and it's obnoxious and it becomes noise but it says sing and make music or melody in your heart then i love this one it says submitting to one another now watch me the very next verse says this why submit good lord i used that one on becky for years In the Greek, there's no period. Submitting to one another, comma, wives submit. Meaning, she shouldn't submit if you didn't submit to the Lord. And it says submitting to one another. I believe the world would be a lot better if we learned mutual submission. I believe Washington may work a little bit better if they learn mutual submission and pass legislation that is worthy of our votes. Come on. Can I say submitting to one another? It is impossible to submit to the law of God, the Bible of God, the command of God without being continually soaked and saturated with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says this, the mind that is set on the lower nature is death but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace it says they being ignorant to God's righteousness sought to establish their own righteousness get this therefore they could not submit to God we cannot I don't want to do life on my own I am not my own CEO. Jesus Christ is the CEO of my life. He is the boss. He is the big man. He is the Lord. And I have met not only him, but where the spirit is Lord, there's a supernatural way to communicate, to wait, to have a passion come out of your heart. And worship is different than being at a concert where you're inebriated and you're screaming at the top of your lungs. We don't scream in this church, but we do shout to the Lord like the ocean does and the mountains do and the stars do and we sing differently we speak differently and most of all we know how it is to respect and honor and submit and come under and I always know an area of my life where I'm out of control I'm not submitting to God and one day the Spirit of God and this is where we end I was out of control and honestly it was my anger. It's probably the biggest demon on my back. No, none of you ever faced that. That's okay. However, I was going, Lord, I just can't help it. I'm out of control. He said, Jude, and again, this came to my mind. If you don't think God does that, impress on mine, just cancel this thought. But maybe consider it could have been. He said, Jude, when you're out of control, the devil's in control. I said, but Lord, I can't control this or that what they did at work something that becky may have said one of the boys what they made a choice to do at school he said jude people on my planet disobey me every day and i am never out of control he said i am in you he said and when i'm in you you can have supernatural love supernatural peace joy come on patience goodness kindness faithfulness and what is the last one self control he said i'm in you and a major sign is that you are submitted you sing you worship you speak and there is a control that comes to your life will you stand up with me please i want to minister to you 
this does not work this illustration with a Tesla it only works with one of those old-time cars now cars used to have that you put gas where the gas goes oil where the oil goes and water they actually used to have a radiator and you put water now what was weird my mom and dad bought a new car every two years cash so I never saw them put oil in the car and so I had my car for about a year and a half to two years Becky and I this is 37 years ago go on our first vacation after one year of marriage we had drive to California from Colorado we're coming back to Colorado stopping I'm putting gas in the Volkswagen Golf Wolfberg addiction charcoal gray and she said babe have you checked the oil and I said no why would you need it she said but I put gas in she goes Jude we have to put oil I said I don't know where it's at she pops the hood I married a mechanic <laughs> she pulls out this little stick I said, what is that? She said, a dip stick. I think she was inferring to me. She, it was bone dry. She said, only by God's grace, this engine hasn't cracked. I think she went four, five, I can't remember, but it was at least four quarts of oil. I'll never forget, I said, how in the world are you gonna get that oil in that little hole? I said, the funnels, and she said, it was a yellow cap, and it had an oil can on top of that image. And she opened it and thought, ah, oh, can I tell you right now, if our spirit is like the gas tank of a car, right now you need to open up your heart to Jesus Christ. And he's going to come, and it's not just going to be a static filling. It's going to be overflowing where you're soaked and saturated. But I need you to hear me. What is it? that we gave ourselves, we became something, uh, intoxicated with something in our lives and our body breaks down. I've seen people who spend all their lives becoming successful only to become my age in their 60s or 70s to where their body begins to break down. Then they have to spend all the affluence that they made trying to heal their body. I would say maybe oil is like our body. And it, what is it if you have gas in your spirit, if you will, but your body is unhealthy? Then I want to say this one. Water, I think it's our soul. And you say, why would you go on a sabbatical? My spirit is strong. My body's healthy. I'm going on a sabbatical because I can walk without knee pain. And I don't have back pain. And my body still works. And I want to be able to walk and run and leap with my wife. But you say, really, why? It's my soul. My soul after 37 years of ministry, I don't know, feels a little bit tired. And I do not want to go into a new season of my life having a soul that reacts to people. 
I believe our world would be a lot better if we were filled with the Spirit and we responded. And we had grace and compassion for people and realized that maybe this person's acting out because of what they've been through. God wants to touch your soul right now. God wants to go into that little girl or that little boy or wherever you're dealing with and he wants to begin to heal. God is a gas, oil, water God. God is a God who can make the Spirit born again and be filled with his spirit he can literally quicken your mortal body where your body may have cravings for this or that and then all of a sudden you feel a renewed freedom in your physical body but most of all I think our personalities we need to be energized recharged reposed refreshed in Jesus name and I want to say one other thing I believe this is just my opinion I think our human personality is like our skeletal frame you have your will you have your personality you have your birth order. They have many things that go into making that. However, that said, what if in your body, for example, let's say I break my arm. That doesn't mean my foot's broken, my leg's broken, my hip's broken, my back's broken. I have a sense some of us have a fracture in our personality or soul. And maybe during the summer, if we just isolate that with friends, word of God, watch how the Lord is going to heal your soul and you're going to be able to walk in freedom and you say why sabbatical because I have some fra- a couple fractures just a few in my soul and some person said well what if you're not totally healed I said I may not be totally healed in my soul but I'm gonna limp with a swag going into my future you hear I it's not gonna dominate me I'm gonna dominate it I'm gonna manage my life by being filled with the Holy Spirit can you say yes God oh I got it in okay do this father we come right now and forgive us when we have been intoxicated we've allowed ourselves to be exhausted and I'm speaking to that element in humanity in our church in our culture God I come where we've been exhausted trying to please this one or that one, trying to get the approval of this person or that person. God, where we've worked and worked and worked and we come to a season when life just happens and it's out of our control. And Lord, there's so many things that it seems like we have no control, but we can ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can speak and sing and yield to you, O Lord. I come now where people's spirits need to be energized and awakened by the Holy Spirit. I pray for people's bodies that God, they will be quickened, but most of all, fill us to overflowing Holy Spirit where our souls are so soaked and saturated we become new people I pray this summer is going to be a summer of great reciprocity things that literally years that the enemy came in and robbed maybe from a young girl maybe from a young boy and it keeps surfacing and surfacing I command a healing and a filling and a saturation that we're going to be 
able to walk and not stumble. We're going to be able to run and not be exhausted. We're going to learn to wait on the Lord and He is going to renew our strength. And I speak it to our friends online and I speak it to people in this room. God is filling us continually. And Lord, we trust like a great sailboat, you're going to direct us into the harbor called destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.